0: Combo (laughs) Nation! What is up, everyone? Welcome to Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button wherever you listen to Combo's Court. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, leave a five-star rating, a friendly comment, and punch down on that follow button. Would greatly appreciate it. And share this episode with a friend. Share it on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. Share this on your IG stories and tag me on Instagram at 12combo, that's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Today's show, Roosh Williams, co-host of The Noble and Roosh Show by Ball Is Life, joins in to talk Rockets, basketball, and more fantastic conversation with Roosh. This is actually part one of the conversation, so be on the lookout for part two as well. You could find Roosh on Twitter, at Roosh Williams, that's R-O-O-S-H-W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. William's co-host of The Noble and Rude show. Welcome to Combo's Court, man. How you feeling today?
1: Feeling good, man. Thanks for having me. Um we were just discussing off camera about my broken nose, so if I sound a little stuffy and nasally, that's the reason, but here we are. I'm feeling good, man. Friday. What's good? Uh yeah, man. It's a Friday. Your nose is actually all the way broken? It was, so it was broken? Completely broken. I'm talking like knocked to the like a half inch to the left, bro. It looks like a C C curvature. Oh, they cracked it back in or no? That's what you're looking at right now. They cracked it back in.
0: Oh, man. Um, yeah, I've had a lot of injuries, never a broken nose. I heard it really disrupts everything, like you're breathing, everything.
1: Crushed my septum, so it's hard to breathe. As you can tell, like my voice is real like nasally right now, um, you know, but it got cracked back. This is the second time I've had a broken nose that's been cracked back. Um, what can I say, man? You know, here we are. Hopefully, hopefully it looks a little, you know, a little bit better. It's not so crooked. What, uh, what type <laughs> of injuries have you had in your playing days? Oh, man. ACL. And I actually had to redo the surgery
0: not too long ago, about seven months ago. So I had to uh, redo that. It's going pretty well, though. I'm back on the court hooping for fun. Um, and even before my professional career, I actually tore my ACL. But, you know, broken thumbs, broken feet, uh, broken wrists. Yeah, it's a lot. My career is so long. It doesn't feel like a lot of injuries. But looking back, it's like it's, it's a lot, you know.
1: Yeah, and, and I try to keep it in perspective like that, right? I, obviously I was never a professional hooper. I'm just a, a recreational kind of guy with a professional three point shot, but I guess okay. that's it. But um yeah. and I and I dish, just not athletic enough to to hang um with the big dogs. But when I put it in perspective, I'll take a nose over, you know, knock on wood for you over an ACL, because that's like the the terrifying one, right? You know, like, oh God. Yeah. So I try to put it in perspective. Like it's like, all right, this sucks, it's awful, but it could have been worse. You know, there are times, man, I don't know how old you are, Andrew. Um, I'm 32. Okay. um, But now I'm at the point where when I play, I get, I start feeling that soreness in my heel and it's, yes, you know, actually I've been feeling a little bit of soreness
0: in the heel and the Achilles, like the feet been. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so that's, that's the thought that hits my head is I'm like, sometimes I'll be playing mid game and I'm like, yo, I think my Achilles is telling me to stop. And so, you know, that's like the, the, the Achilles and the ACL are just in the back of my head every time I play. So if it's the nose, all right, whatever, you know, I'll, it, I'll take the lick.
0: It's not something you want. Uh, You know, you weren't a professional hooper. That's OK. But you were a professional rapper, professional hip hop artist. You put music out to the world. Um, I'd like to ask you this, since you are now podcasting, rapping is obviously an art. Do you believe podcasting is an art as well?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um. Less of an art because it's just easier to have a conversation than it is to write a song, for example, and finding melodies and finding your voice on the record. There's just a whole bunch that goes into making a song, especially sonically, like audio wise. Um, But in the respect that there's some people that know how to podcast and there's some people that don't really know how to podcast too well. Um, And, you know, it's such a I think the, the biggest connection and the biggest comparison is that the podcasting game is oversaturated, right? Like there's. Yeah. Five million podcasts just like with the rap game there's 10 million rappers you know what i mean like at this point having having you know being so far gone and removed from from the rap game it's funny it's almost embarrassing when i'm like yeah i used to rap because it's like oh did you you know like did you really you right know? right you know what i mean like are you one of those dudes like, you used to make some songs put it on facebook did you and it's like no fool i no I do so does that
0: make it. you not even really
1: want to talk about it in oh, a way I I don't mind talking about it. If you want to talk about it, I'm happy to talk. No, about no,
0: no, no. Not that. Just saying that, like, you don't want to be because you actually did it, did it like, you know what right. I mean? Like, like you put out albums, you put out work to the world. Like with you,
1: I, I bet. I bet when people are talking basketball, I bet it's not in your first nature to just come out unprovoked and say, yeah, I played pro.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Like in yeah. a normal
1: combo. Right. You might put it in your social media to, like, promote yourself and stuff and and legitimize yourself. So you stand out amongst like the randoms. But. You know, you don't walk up to people like, hey, y'all want to play three on three. I played pro. Right? Yeah. Well, the
0: other thing about that is, is like when you're playing pickup or recreational, it doesn't matter where you play. You have to like anything you did in the past means absolutely nothing when you're on like right. a basketball court hooping.
1: So, yeah, of course, I wouldn't say that like walking onto a court, you know, that's what I'm saying. So like same with me, you know, I'm never like, hey, dude, guess what I used to do <laughs> this? Yeah. You know, if someone if someone asks me out and they know the extent of it then I'll bring it up. Sometimes maybe it's relevant to a conversation and I'll be like, well, actually, you know, I used to do this and and I can kind of speak to whatever we're talking about. But yeah, I don't, I don't just like talk about it, you know, unprovoked. But I bet with you, I bet when you're hooping after a couple games, people are like, yo, did you used to play? Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Uh, it definitely happens.
0: I mean, I guess that can't happen with you because you're not just going around the street rapping. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> hey,
1: believe it or not, though, there are times where, People ask me if I used to play college basketball on games okay. where I get hot. On the on the games where I'm – because my game is three – I shoot threes and I dish, right? Kind of like a – I compare myself to, like, Jason Terry because I'm trying to be, you know. So your game know. is analytic-friendly, shooting a lot of threes. Yes, yes. Especially these – look, especially since the injuries, I don't drive anymore. I dr- If I drive, I drive baseline to pass. I'm driving baseline to draw the middle cut and either dish it or I'm sucking the defense in and then kicking it back out. But, um, but there are times where like I flamethrow, anything I throw up just goes in from no matter where the range is that toot my own horn here, but I have to compensate for this broken nose. But, um, but there have been times where people are like, Hey man, did you used to play? And I'm just like, damn, <laughs> no, I didn't. But thank you. I appreciate that. So I'm sure it happens to you.
0: Yes, 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 it does. It does. Um, talk, let's, let's shift to this Houston Rockets season. There's so many exciting young players on this team. Jalen green, Christian wood. Um, uh, Alprin Shangoon, man, what a, what a summer league, man. Uh, what are you most excited for about this team? Cause I was actually in Vegas for summer league and some of the best games I saw was Houston Rockets summer league. Uh, just what are you excited about this team?
1: You know, I'm excited for a fresh start. Um, I've been a fan obviously since the early nineties, I've been through the championship years as a kid, went through the Steve Francis and Yao years as like mm. an early team. You know, T-Mac and Yao as a full-on team onto the Harden years as an adult and and wherever we're at now. So it's always been, ever since I've been a fan for the most part, it's been about this big core to a big duo, right? Or a big star, T-Mac, Yao, Harden, whatever, and trying to win it all. And this is the first year since the Francis years. And again, I was, you know, early teen back then. So it's much different now as a full adult. But it's the first time in a long, long time that it's just a full restart, and I'm excited to see if Jalen Green is that guy because I think he is. I think I'm so. I'm excited too. about Kevin Porter Jr. because yes. I have a lot of, I mean, he, him switching from being a wing player to being a point guard is a transition I'm extremely invested in, and I really want to see, you know, what the what happens as a result of that. Alper and Shangoon, man, I want to see. I, I know there's going to be moments where we see his flaws and we find out he's not entirely ready for the NBA, but I just want to see him on the court. I want to see his IQ translate. I want to see if his strength translates because he was bullying some people in uh summer league. Yes. I want to see if his, if his athleticism translates, he had some very impressive like weak side blocks. Yes. Yes. His defense looked a lot better than people were expecting. Yeah. And he had some good man up blocks, dude. He had, I talked about this one play. I think it was against Cleveland. I forget who it was. It might've been Okoro, but maybe not. Um, he was just out on the perimeter manned up one-on-one and dude took a step back three and he blocked it and I was like how did like you got to have some serious recoil and and timing to block that shot as like a you know quote-unquote non-athletic big so yeah that's that's the worst look for any basketball
0: player getting a three-point shot block that's right. a bad
1: look that looks right. like
0: that almost makes you look like makes it look like the person
1: doesn't belong you know it doesn't right. happen often yeah right yeah it doesn't especially with you know a guy like Shangoon blocking it you know maybe like a right. I don't know who maybe like a Evan Mobley. I don't know. Right, right, right. right. But, um, but yeah, so Jalen Green, Kevin Porter, Jr. Shangun. I'm excited to see Christian Wood uh, take the yeah. next. step. Hopefully I want to see if he can stay healthy and then I'm excited to see <clears throat> the role players, man, like Daniel Tice. I wanna, like we finally have a guy who can play the five legitimately, you know, he's a small, he's smaller for a normal five, he's six, eight, but he does like all the little things, all the dirty work that Christian would need somebody next to him to do so he mm-hmm. can actually full-fledged play the four when he needs to, at least on defense. Um, And then, you know, I want to see Steven Silas. Like, we didn't really get a feel for Steven Silas as a coach in terms of substantive X's and O's last season because he had just a revolving door of a roster. You know what I mean? Like, half the roster was G League guys um, on any given night. And on any given night, most of the roster wasn't even available. They were playing like seven, eight, nine guys. So I just want to see it all come together. I think the front office has kind of put the blueprint for the future in place. And I want to, I want to see it start clicking. And I got a weird feeling that these guys might be a couple steps ahead of where people think they are. Yeah. And I also want to see how wrong or right I am about that.
0: Yeah. I think from an individual standpoint, a lot of those guys are further along than people think like, like KPJ out of the young players in the league, he's one of the more skilled young players in the league, especially when he gets around the rim, finish either hand, either leg, obviously has separation a la Harden, not quite like Harden, but he could get separation on that step back. He's an underrated passer. The guy is just so skilled. I mean, if he could k- keep it together in his mind, I think he has all-star level talent, in my opinion.
1: I agree. And, like, so he jumped. <clears throat> I'm going off the top of my head here. Um, if you have his numbers, please let me know. But I think his first season, he was doing, like, 11-3-ish. and mm-hmm. And then last season, he jumped to 16-6, and 16.16 16 dimes. I forget how many rebounds I want to say like four or five, maybe who cares, but um, (laughs) whatever rebounds are such a weird stat these days. But um, the problem was he did it on poor efficiency. So his three point shot, I think he was shooting 31% from three on about uh, I'm going to guess like five attempts per game, five or six per game. The season before that with Cleveland, he shot 33%. I know he can shoot um, whether he can do it consistently consistently at the nba level with the ball in his hands shooting off the dribble we'll see if he can get that three-point shot up to about 35 percent on the volume that he's expected to take in addition to everything else he does then i think he can really take that leap and hit us with like 20 points eight dimes a game on decent efficiency and if he can do that then like i think houston is is gonna move forward very well because like dude three legit scoring threats kpj like you said he can get that separation Anytime he, 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 he wants, yeah, the dribble he knows how to finish around the basket and he's so smooth, his stride is so long, he's got that yes. euro, you know what I mean? Yes, yes. Like, and <laughs> yeah,
0: and Jalen Green is the same thing with the separation, like that's what impressed me most about him in summer league. Was just he could get a shot off whenever he wants, now he just has to knock it down. But that's half the battle, be able to get your shot off whenever you want when you're a dynamic scorer. It's like it's a big part
1: of being in the NBA when you are a scorer, yeah. I mean. I saw people criticize him for not getting the blow by, but it's like people are Oh, Jalen green. Yeah. People on rockets Twitter were saying he couldn't, and, and they were saying in summer league, they didn't see the blow by. And I was like, he got crazy burst that guy. <laughs> yeah. He got crazy burst. And he, and even if he wasn't getting the blow by, he's making the defense backpedal to the extent that, like you just said, as soon as he hits that jab step and pops back, like he's got all the space he wants. No one can block that shot. No one can even contest it really. So So, yeah, man, I mean, I'm excited. Oh, we didn't even mention Jay Sean Tate. Yes, Um, yes. Super talented. Um, The the prototype of like a Draymond, you know, Uh high IQ, creates, passes, slashes, dunks, can do it all. Has like a nice little, very nice footwork uh, in the paint, little baby hook kind of bag to go to. If he can just hit a consistent three-point shot, again, that's like, that's another young talent and he's on a very team friendly deal. That's the other thing, dude, all these guys are on insanely team friendly deals. You got Jalen Green on his rookie deal. I think he gets like nine mil a year. Jay Sean Tate signed a deal where I, I don't even think he's getting, I think he's getting six figures still. I could be wrong about that, but um, <clears throat> I think he's getting six figures for a couple years. So not even in the millions yet. Um, Christian Wood's getting 13 million a year, which is yes. like a huge steal for Christian Wood, although he's in the second year now of a three-year deal. KPJ, I think, is getting like somewhere between one and three million. He's still on his rookie year deal. Shangoon's on a rookie deal. Like, I don't know. It's crazy. It's kind of like in football when you get a star quarterback on a rookie deal and then you build around them. You know, like the Rockets have the opportunity to do that. I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to slow play the development and try to get these guys ready and then yeah. make the splash in a couple of years. But, but there's just a lot to be excited about, man. It's like good basketball players, you know?
0: Yeah. You mentioned Jay Sean Tate, and it's the same thing with Christian Wood. Um, these guys spent time outside of the NBA, so I'm sure they have a huge chip on their shoulder. I mean, they know what it's like to not be in the NBA and be a pro. And even Jalen Green, I mean, he spent the year in, you know, in a bubble. I mean, there wasn't like a crazy fan base. Like he knows what it is to be in that empty gym hoop. And I'm sure all these guys got, uh, you know, a chip on their shoulder and want to prove that they could all be stars
1: in this league. Yeah, and, and to your point, though, Jalen uh, Green played summer league. Right. And there finally was that kind of crowd in that atmosphere. And he showed out like he did, he did like he embraced it. I mean, efficiency off the charts, the shot was butter the whole time, you know, even, even the knock on him is the two big knocks on him coming into the draft were, can he create for others? And is his defense going to hold up? And he was creating really well for others, especially Mm -hmm. off the pick and roll. There's a couple plays, one against Cleveland, I think on the right wing on the right kind of perimeter, uh, not the elbow but back behind the three point line on the wing had a pick and roll drew a defender slipped a nice bounce pocket pass like just like he you know done it a million times the type of thing that you wouldn't expect for the criticism he was getting and then um he also had a nice i think he got a pick and roll one time and had a he like he penetrated and then did an underhand scoop pass with one hand to a dude right by the basket i think it was shangoon and i think shangoon smoked the layup but the creating ability is there uh, and defensively i think he's he's pretty light he's probably like 160 170 which is kind of surprising not 160 i think he's like 170 yeah. which is light for being yeah 66. he looks
0: light he looks light. it'll be okay though yeah
1: he'll he'll put the weight on but the the intensity and the effort is there which i think is half the battle with defense right you have to want to play defense um and he's he's vocal about his desire to be better defensively which again if you've got the athletic tools and the iq the rest of it is desire you know it's it's awareness and desire so
0: yeah i think so you know, everything you're saying is spot on. And when I was in summer, league, a great part of being somewhere in person is you could really read body language. Like you could just look at him and tell he cares on defense. When something doesn't go the right way on defense, he gets upset, like not in a bad way. Like you could tell he really wants to be good at defense. Maybe he doesn't have the awareness yet, but he cares on both sides of the floor. As somebody that wasn't always engaged on defense myself, I know when somebody's not engaged, like this guy wants to play defense and you could tell. And that tells me that he's going to
1: get better. Totally agree. And it's a nice contrast from, from uh, Mr. James Harden, you know, not to, <laughs> not, not I to mean, look, they overdid it with the YouTube videos though. He wasn't as bad as people thought, right? <laughs> definitely. No, definitely. They overdid it. But the, the thing that always pissed me off with Harden and not to turn this into bashing Harden, cause I got a lot of love for James Harden and what he did for Houston, but right. Just to kind of contrast the two, cause Jalen Green's like, you know, we get it's funny, man. We had this superstar shooting guard who played, you know, super ISO ball and, and was all he was very heliocentric with the rock. And now you got Jalen Green, who's running off screens, running around everywhere with energy, catching and shooting just a totally different like game. But they're the same position and the torch has kind of been handed. But but the thing with Harden, though, was his awareness. He, he was not aware he would get aloof a lot of times. He'd get flat footed like, I don't know, he would maybe double and then forget that he's supposed to kind of fake that double and, and pop back to his man and let like a middle cut go. Little things like that, or he'd uh, he'd close out and then close out like kind of half acid, right, and like just let his guy blow by because he didn't want to get a foul or whatever. So the YouTube clips were overblown, but he was best in the post. He was really good at absorbing the contact in the post. Um, but when it came to like team defensive scheme, he he did let things kind of collapse. Guys could cut behind him and things like that. So I'm not saying Jalen Green's necessarily better yet, but I think that with the desire, if he can get his awareness up hopefully we can get to that level, but I, I think that's going to be the problem with the Rockets though. will be defense um, perimeter defense. I think their best perimeter defender right now is Eric Gordon um, and, or Jay Sean Tate. If you want to call, if you want to call him a perimeter defender. Um, and then after that, you know, KPJ we'll see Jalen green. We'll see DJ Augustine, you know, undersized uh, hard edge, nosy vet, whatever you want to call it, whatever the word is, the the adjective you want to use, but you know, he's like six foot tall. Um, and, and, just not really imposing defensively. So I think they have some holes in the backcourt defensively that hopefully they can shore up. Um, but they do have some defensive guys, though, like Eric Gordon, like I said, Jay Sean Tate, David Nwaba, Daniel Tice. Daniel House is all, is all right defensively. Um, a big thing for yeah. Rockets fans is going to be if Christian Wood has taken a step defensively. He was pretty bad last season. He he had noticeable trouble guarding bigs. Um, so hopefully with, with Daniel Tice kind of in there to handle that, We'll see. And, and I've read, I, I can't confirm this, but I've read slash seen that Christian Wood put on about 10 or 15 pounds, like a really. muscle, intentionally. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like that trio with uh, Jalen Green, KPJ, Christian Wood. They could all pass. They could all knock down shots. Um, Christian Wood is a great lob target and pick and pop target. And you just talked about defense. John Wall is a good defender. Why doesn't he play, man? What's, what's the benefit of him sitting out? I don't get it.
1: Look, I like it, man, because, because with him in the lineup, so look, let's, let's take a big picture look, okay? Without John Wall, the Rockets have too many players to play. They have a lot of guys that are kind of on equal footing in a lot of ways, where the Rockets have to make a decision between do we, do we go with the younger guy to develop or do we find like continuity in the lineup? So like, let's run through it. This is, this is just my prediction, starting lineup. Daniel Tice at center, Christian Wood power forward. I'm going to say Daniel House at small forward because he's a better spacer.
0: Wow, so you don't think they start the three with KPJ,
1: Jalen? Well, uh, I'll, okay. I'll get there. Daniel House at the three, Jalen Green at the two, KPJ at the one. So okay. most people are thinking Jay Sean Tate will start over Daniel House at the three. I initially predicted that. I, I would still, if I had to guess, I'd go with that prediction, but I would personally pick Daniel House because he's a floor spacer. And so with that lineup, with KPJ and Jalen Green and Christian Wood, if you add Daniel House, now you got three guys that can all camp outside, play five out. Uh, Daniel Tice can't really play five out, but he can he, he can shoot well enough to kind of start there and then inch his way down, maybe stand in the dunker spot, set picks, flash to the to the middle, that kind of yeah, stuff kind yeah. of you do it all kind of guy. Um, but if you if you start Jay Sean Tate over Daniel House, now you have two of those kinds of like floor, uh, the the space killers, right? So I feel like you need house camp him in the corner, camp him on the elbow from three that kind of thing. So that's starting five, the bench. Shangoon backing up Tice at the five. I'm going center down to point guard. Shangoon at the five. Um, I think you're going to have David Nwaba. And David Nwaba playing the four slash KJ Martin playing the four. And that's kind of one of those guys, KJ Martin. Like where do they f- see him fitting into this roster? Um, he's kind of a tweener. He's like six, seven. He doesn't have the ball handling to play like a legit wing yet. He can attack closeouts, but he can't really create off the dribble. His shot is much improved, and he had a stretch last season um, where I think he was starting, and he was averaging like 16 or 17 and like seven a game on really good percentages and efficiency. So he's proven he can he can do that. But there's a question about where he really fits in with the rest of the roster. So Shangoon back up five, David Nwaba back up four, maybe K.J. Martin. Jay Sean Tate back up three, also maybe K.J. Martin. Eric Gordon back up two. DJ Augustine back up point guard so that's 10 men right there KJ Martin makes it 11 the Rockets also have Dante Exum uh, he said he's been feeling the best that he's felt since he came in the league we'll see how that plays out but they signed him to a deal it's a it's a trade friendly deal so maybe he doesn't stay on the team but Dante Exum actually looked pretty good in the Olympics for Australia he's a what he's like 6'8 I think mm-hmm. 6'9 6'7 he's a tall yeah. point guard Yep. Really good defensively so speaking yes. of Defense, right he's very versatile and good defensively so i could see a, i could see a role for dante exum so if you throw dante exum in there that's 12 guys okay that could all make a case to play that doesn't even count if the rockets want to go with the youth movement and play garuba and josh christopher so you have How to about, su- and shangun might start eventually you never know he might he might but i have him in the rotation so yeah i'm just i'm just talking number like sheer number of bodies got right? you so, got you so garuba and josh chris make it 13 14 I think they're going to spend time in the G League, um, and then John Wall's fifteen. So, like, you, the, your question, your initial question is why isn't John Wall playing? So, look at the the continuity and like roster issues in terms of like because you can't play ten guys a night. That's just, you know it doesn't really work like that. You can, yeah. But if you're playing ten guys, you're probably not very good because you don't know what you got. Yeah. Um, unless those, it's minutes- hard to get in a rhythm. It's hard to get in a rhythm. Yeah. Right. And basketball is all rhythm, yeah. unless unless those minutes are distributed in a manner that like your ninth and 10th guy are getting like, you know, eight minutes a game. Yeah. Okay. Then you can play 10 guys. Cause the roles are more defined. Um, so with that issue, if you insert John wall in there, who's like a, you know, a 33 minute per per night kind of guy, at least. Right. And who expects to have the rock, like John wall is going to, when he plays point guard, he's dribbling for at least, you know, 10, 15 seconds on that clock and then creating and doing something with it, maybe pulling up from mid, maybe driving and not getting the foul and throwing it up, whatever. But that takes away from the development of Kevin Porter Jr. If you're giving KPJ the keys at point guard, like how do you play John Wall at the same time? It's kind of counter, it kind of counteracts the development of KPJ. So I'm cool with John Wall sitting. Honestly, I'm super cool with it because <laughs> I want to see KPJ play point guard. Um, and John Wall didn't really have a place on the team. John Wall has, John Wall's a good basketball player. I think he can contribute somewhere. He's, I think I think he's a very good basketball player. Yeah, and I think he can contribute somewhere. I just don't think that he's a, like last season. He took the role of a number one because he had to, right? And if John Wall's your number one, I mean, you're just not going to be very good. He he can't shoot well enough to carry that load. He can be used. He I think he's best used <clears throat> as a number three. If he played a facilitate first type game and then drive when he's needed to drive, and then occasionally shoot his midi. His midi. I, I'm not a fan of his midi. I know he likes it, but it's just not pretty in my opinion, and it doesn't. <laughs> It just doesn't fall at a good rate. Um, But, yeah, I mean, if he he can, like, play that type of role where he doesn't have to exert himself, play in and play out, he can play, like, kind of a secondary tertiary role, that's the best fit for John Wall. But on this team, dude, he's probably looking around like, yo, I'm the vet. I'm John Wall. Like, I'm the the former all-star. None of y'all are. So give me the rock and let me go to work. And I just think it kind of, I don't know, in terms of chemistry, like, in terms of relationships, I don't think anyone would be mad at each other. But in terms of basketball chemistry, it's just kind of one of those things where you're looking around like, John, this ain't working, bro. Like we need, you know, we're in a youth movement. Houston still has control of their draft pick for this season. And I think for next season as well, could be wrong. And so there's no incentive to win. I don't want them to tank. I want them to win. Um, But you can also, you can kind of get the best of both worlds if you let KPJ develop If you let Jalen Green develop, because like you tell me, what do you think? What's that lineup going to be if John Wall plays? It's awkward, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Defensively, it'll be tough. But John Wall's defense is pretty good. I guess you could go with um, you could go with KPJ, uh, Jalen and John Wall. I mean, look, you're not you're not really trying to rack up wins anyway.
1: I agree. But it it just for me, it, it shifts KPJ back to a wing. And I don't want KPJ playing wing. I want KPJ well, yeah, well, playing Well, KPJ
0: point thinks he's a point
1: guard. So I guess you think he's a point guard as well, right? Yeah. And I mean, I, like, I think like we saw it with Harden. We saw a guy go from like kind of being like a wing score, fitting in with like other extreme ball handling playmakers like Westbrook, who you could equate to John Wall in this, in this kind of comparison, to then getting the full keys and turning into like maximizing his potential. Right. And so I want KPJ to maximize his potential. I've seen what he can do with the ball in his hands. And I think all of the potential is there. He's a gifted passer. Um, he's a gifted scorer. And he can draw a, like defensive attention. If he can just hit the three, I don't think anyone can guard him. If he can hit the three, he can score at all three levels. Yeah. He can he, dish. You know what I mean? mean he, and that's something you could improve upon as a player. Like yeah. his separation
0: and all that stuff and and everything he could do around the rim with the finishes. He's kind of ambidextrous. It, like that is like, well, you can learn that too, obviously, but I think like knocking down jump shots is way more learnable skill and something that he will develop. And he can
1: do it. It's like, or, I'm, I'm guessing you were a shooter. I was, uh, I was a scorer more than a shooter, but I could shoot. Okay. You're a white boy. So I just imagine. you be- <laughs> 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 Oh man. But uh, I mean, it, and I mean that with respect, but all the respect, but uh, KPJ can shoot. Like, look, you tell me if you agree with this, this is what I think. Okay. I think a lot of these a lot of these guys like KPJ, they can shoot. Like if we were to go play against them, maybe yeah. not we, maybe not me, he'd destroy me. But you know, if you were to see them play like some pickup in a non high stakes game against equal talent to him, he'd be drilling threes. Right. Of course. Yeah. Right. You see him in practice and warm ups, he's probably drilling threes. So it's not a matter of can he shoot. It's a matter of will he put a consistent rhythm together to the effect that his shot and percentages reflect that. It's like, yeah, he, I know he can shoot. I just need him to prove that the percentages can reflect that over 82 games when he's being guarded. So that's kind of the thing. It's like, to me, it's not a question of, can he shoot? I know he can shoot. I just need the rhythm to be there so that the percentage is reflected. Um, and so if he does accomplish that, like, dude, he's 21. I yeah. Think when the Rockets got Harden, he was 23. If I'm not mistaken, KBJ's 21, the sky's the limit, dude. So That's kind of where I'm at. Like, John Wall's a good basketball player, but I think it's just better for the team and better for him if John Wall goes to a situation where they're ready to win now and he can put his best foot forward instead of having to, like...
0: That is game for episode 308 of Combos Court and part one of my conversation with Roosh. Big shouts to Roosh for joining in, and big shouts to everyone who tunes into Combos Court across the globe. Don't forget to rate... Review and punch down on that subscribe button. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, punch down on that follow button and leave a five-star rating and a friendly comment. Share this episode with a friend. Share it on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Share it on your IG stories and tag me at one two combo That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Be on the lookout for episode 309, Combo. Ow.